0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me tell you one thing that we all know, this is no news to anybody that 2020 has definitely been one of the weirdest years we've ever experienced. Um, but with that being said, I think because it's 2020, there should be no surprise that the Piss Cats are no longer winless and that the Piss Cats are no longer at the bottom of the standings, technically. It's a good day to be alive. And I mean, we've worked hard in Albany and, you know, in the slums of Albany, we're coming out and we're hitting hard. And I warned everybody that Piscats are coming, but they're probably going to lose this week. Um, it was a crazy week. Obviously, for the first time, I think, what was it? For the last time, in like 60 years or something, there was a Tuesday night football game. I'm sure we'll see more of that as the season progresses, which means these podcasts will probably mostly get bumped back down to Wednesday um, if that happens, but not a big deal. The other thing I was potentially wanting to get into is there's going to be potentially havoc absolutely caused if certain teams, you know, like I'm trying to think of like what would happen in an instance if the Titans were supposed to miss another game, like would they have to forfeit considering they already had their bye, put stuff at the end cuz I was hearing there was um an idea of just like makeup games at the end of the season. Obviously that would not I'm assuming because our season ends in week what fifteen sixteen. I'm gonna assume if there's makeup games placed at the end of the year, you won't be getting full sixteen fantasy games out of your guys. That's something I've been thinking about because it could definitely fuck some people down down the road. But as of right now, we have to continue to play it by year as we are gonna have to be able to do all season. And yeah, I mean that was just a couple thoughts. I don't know what I just said, but let's just do some predictions. Um, last week, we did not go undefeated in my predictions, but I did go 5-1 again. That bumps my um, record up on the year in these weekly predictions. 23 I've gotten correct, and I've only gotten 7 wrong. Which is actually, like, I don't really know. I haven't actually had that good of a record before, but I guess we're just getting lucky with some picks this year or some shit, because surely my fantasy football knowledge isn't helping the piss cats win any fucking games. Anyway... We're going to hop into this week's predictions. Um, There's some interesting games. But we're going to start with four losses in a row. Charlie, like, that's tough. And especially because one was to the Piss Cats. And Chark Week. Moosani the Warrior. This is definitely going to depend on Zach Moss's turf toe. Because we don't even know how Zach Moss looks really. Jarek McKinnon pretty much just got phased out of that offense the second monster came back. Um, so yeah... <laughs> That's not exciting. But, I mean, what do we see from Zach Moss? I think even if Zach Moss plays, Moose just has a lot better matchups down the board. I mean, he's got Nuka Dallas. I mean, even Edmonds at Dallas I'll fucking take. He's got Workhorse Madison, um, Workhorse Kareem Hunt. So, this definitely seems, and I mean, honestly, Atlanta's fucking secondary hasn't been too good. Neither has Cleveland's. And he's got Jefferson and Claypool at Flex Couple of Rooks. I'm going to give this one to Moose. I think he's just got really good matchups this week. Can't find my damn marker, And uh, I think that Legro's um, – I'm not sure if trades are exactly what's going to help him at this moment. Because when I'm looking at his team, you know, it's not, like, that, like, god-awful. It's just the fact that I think he needs c back to, you know, rely on those points every week. It's not that Mike Davis isn't providing them. It's just – I've said it before. c is just, like, a different breed. And they will want to incorporate him in a million different ways. And, I mean, I think the only thing holding him back is his receivers. Because I'm, I mean, David Johnson by no means is a god, but I mean, obviously some people in uh, Houston aren't too happy with production, which I don't really get. I think he's been fine, but it's kind of the fact that um, I'm not, you know, really worried about David Johnson. I think David Johnson is solid, and I still think he's going to have C-Mac back. Josh Allen is, you know, playing unbelievable this year in fantasy football and football. And Jerry Judy can also be a monster when Drew Locke is back. So... It's going to be something to like watch with Legos like team going forward, but it doesn't change the fact. I'm going to give it to Moose. I just like the, I like the boys' matchups better. So next, we're going to go with Furley and Neller, and I'm going to give it to Neller. And next, we're going to go with BG and Ben. And I mean, this one is definitely interesting because more so the fact, you know, like Ben has to maybe get a Q. If he gets a Q this week, this game is up in the balance. You know, anybody can pull it off. And... I truly think that, I mean, how's Godwin looking, actually? He did some running on side field. Okay, well, I'm not really sure if Godwin will go. I mean, I guess we'll keep an eye on that. But um, Ben has to get a QB. If he doesn't, I mean, obviously, he kind of leans toward Brody, even with Chris Carson out. Because Ben, you know, he's missing Lockett also, which is kind of a big blow. And Renfro's been solid for him. Traquan Smith also hasn't even been like, oh, Traquan Smith had a bad week last week. But since that, yeah, he's been solid. So it's like... It's going to be a close one. And I mean, I hate making predictions this early in the week, right? Because you have no clue what can go right, what can go wrong. But you know what? I'm not one to do it, but I just don't know if Ben, how his QB search is going right now. I think if Ben does pick one up, it could be a complete different game. But as of the time I'm talking, I'm going to give this one to Brody. Because he has two QBs, and even though he is missing Chris Carson, he still has, like, solid people all across the board. And, I mean, Gallup projected 15. I don't even care if Andy Dalton's the Q. Like... Just because Andy Dalton comes in the queue, you can't just bump the guy down. Fucking half of his projection. Fucking five points. I don't know. Projections don't make sense. But I still think we'll be a close one. Depends on Ben, right? But as of right now, I'm going to give it to Brody. Next, we got the dog fuckers. We got Sand. And we got, took a picture with my Camara. Um, obviously, Melvin Gordon's still in here. He won't be playing, but uh, he has Cordero. I mean, he's got some options. But I'm just mainly going to give this one to Sandy because Rich is Absolutely buttfucked with bye weeks. If the dog fuckers find a way to lose this one, I will be Wow, well, I'll be surprised. Next we have Camp Play Mike. We got Knack and we got him playing Clark. And I mean Knack is in a very tough situation right now. This is a god awful bye week for him too, and this is not the time you really want to get slapped with a bye week. It's just kinda like in my opinion, this is after last week, you're hoping he trades for Freeman and seed He's adding new faces to the lineup, but it's mostly the fact that Wouldn't you want to, like, you know, maybe try and pick up a win and turn the season around or build some sort of momentum? I think he's kind of fucked this week. He definitely would have to make a lot of moves. But that being said, I still think anything can happen because he's also, you know, he's missing a couple defensive players, which is probably making this, I don't know, by the app. If he had production, how many times do I do that? Every episode, I think at least once every episode, I go because I can't speak fucking English. Anyways, what I was talking about is that Knack, I think he truly has to, like, I don't know. It's just a real fuck situation. I feel bad he's in, but it's like, I still think he has good options, you know? I think Mike Thomas is going to come back. I don't give a fuck if Michael Thomas is a clown. It doesn't take his ability off the field away, okay? He's still Michael Thomas. Drew Brees, I mean, he has been weird this season, right? There's times when he's throwing these dink and dunks, and you're just, he's missing them, and it's like, Jesus Christ, man, what the hell's going on? And then there's times where he's just looking like Drew Brees of the past. I think I saw a tweet, obviously, I'm big on my man, Benjamin Albright. He's a Broncos reporter, but he also does like other reports around the league too. But it's more like he made a tweet comparing Brees to 2015 Peyton. I am, I mean, I watched that full game. I mean, you could kind of say that at the beginning, but Brees majorly turned that around on the stretch. Obviously they came back, they won. And I think we're starting to see decline the decline of breeze but I'm not willing to put him at that I mean we all remember how bad that 2015 Peyton Manning season was like I don't even want to talk about it I don't want to remember that was painful for me to watch you know my favorite athlete of all time go through that but I don't think Breeze is even near at that stage yet because he still actually has way more zip than Peyton did that year I think that because Breeze is you know I think the media is a little more hung up on it than the actual problem I think if you or look at the stats; it's not that bad. I think if second MT comes back, this can be big for Knack just because I think that's, that's a, I mean, he's a lock for thirty a week pretty much. He's got McLaurin, who's solid CD Lamb. He was, like his receivers are really, really impressive. It's the fact he's just got to do something with these running backs. I mean, he, I would still don't even mind Freeman, Josh Jacobs, and whoever he's got. If Josh Kelly comes back and gets touches, like he's really not in a terrible position. As this week, though, just looking at the lineup, it's like I'm not a fan of it too much. got hit the buys. I don't even think Knack would expect to win unless he makes his trades, so I'm just going to give this one to Clark. And at the top, we got me, and we got the trinkler, crinkler, binkler, brinkler. And I'm telling you, this one should be closer than the people are giving the Cats credit for. But I think overall, it's going to be close. Trent was talking to me the other day, and he doesn't think he's beat me in fantasy football before. I think he has once. And I think he's going to again this week. I do think the Piscats are coming back. But there's something about some of these. like if I would drop this thing one more time. There's something about some of these matchups trends has that, you know, somewhat um, scary. I mean, Thielen at Atlanta, I don't like at all. I don't like Kittle playing the Rams. And I really don't care for Gurley playing fucking Minnesota because Gurley has been on a tear. I mean, last week he played really good. But the week before he had two touchdowns. So you know what? Yeah, trends, I'll give you the week I'll give you the win this time, brother, but take it with a grain of salt. Cause the piss cats don't play no games in the slums of Albany. We're back. Power rankings and The League is kind of shaken up, right? I mean we no longer have all these teams that you know you're not you're starting to see who's kind of starting to slowly separate themselves from the rest of the pack but excuse me number 12 is not the piss cat because the piss cats have a win i don't know if anyone remembers what happened last week but they did pick up a win um furley is at 12 furley is yet to pick up a win i think trades are needed on that team i just I'm not sold on a lot of, the, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't like certain two Patriots running backs, especially. I mean, as of right now, we have no clue where Lev's going, but if fucking Lev goes to the Patriots, R.I.P. for at least the, well, even worse. But then I'm thinking, like, it's just, like, even the receivers. I mean, yes, he lost something. Like, that's a big blow. But then after that, it's just, like, it's just a huge drop. Is there, like, really a true one on the team? Not really. I think that there's definitely moves that need to be made, but until they are made and until a win gets picked up or some steam starts to get to be built, the Piscats are going to be at 11. They're going to be ahead of Furley. who's at 12. So the Piscats are at 11. Don't got to get much into that. I think that's kind of obvious. We're going to put Legro at 10 despite losing to the Piscats. If he hadn't Mac, he would have bent me over. And yada, yada, yada. I think he was kind of a little... Um, uh, he tried to make a certain play with the uncertainty about the Buffalo and Tennessee game, which makes sense to me. I mean, you didn't want to risk that. Um I kind of, I mean, I didn't do something similar to that at all because I picked up another Buffalo player. But, right, if John Brown didn't play, which he didn't, I made sure to pick up Gabriel Davis and throw him in there. But that's not really the same as Leg, who he was trying to start players who weren't playing in that game in case, you know, it didn't get played. And I think... Ultimately it's bold to sit Josh Allen, but we saw how it played out for him. But I still think that C Mac comes back and I don't know, I still think Lego's team is is, is better than mine at fairly so give him that. And then a nine we have knack. We got into knack. I still think when he's back at full strength, could like that's a playoff team, but I mean right now he's a nine, he's in a really shitty situation. He's dropping games. I think he can turn it around with a couple of deals just because I think he has the pieces to make those trades happen. It's just, we have to see what the roster looks like after the deals. But as of right now, I'm going to keep him at nine. And then we have Clark coming in at eight. He picked up a big win against Furley. And Lev is gone. Lev is going to go to some place. Does Lev get the work? Let's be honest. We don't really know because we didn't get to see enough of Lev with the Jets. Yes, he got work. But like, geez, we didn't get to see even near enough. We can't think we can count a game and a half as, you know. A good um, amount of, like, a sample size to work with. But at the same time, I think he lucks out because he gets Bell, who will be a fantasy asset where he goes, and he gets Frank Gore, and that's another one. And he's got the fucking veterans going. He's got AP. He's got Frank Gore. Like, holy fuck. You know what? I'm going to be honest, though. Those are guys who get volume. Those are guys who get touches. And it's like in fantasy football, in our league especially, to me, I value that because – just look at free agency. Those guys don't fucking touch the ball, man. Those guys get... You look at the time, and it's like, one point, two... low. okay. nice couple points on fucking special teams. Nice tackle, buddy. Like, you have to actually appreciate touches. I actually really like running backs. Like, I don't even get it. I like, like, they all get work. And... I think that the receivers also are solid. Devontae Parker's unreal. Robert Woods is really good. And then he has Mike Evans and he has Travis Kelsey. Like, I think Clark's team is vastly underrated. I mean, I do have him at eight, mainly just because, you know, he hasn't been able to, like, get really far from that 500 record. It is somewhat early still. But you would hope in, like, I'd say the next two to three weeks, um, we want to keep an eye on him because I think on paper, that's a very underrated lineup. And I think... He'll probably bump up from eight, depending on the next couple of games. But now we have Sandy at seven. Melvin Gordon is wasted still. But doesn't change the fact Sandy's still sitting pretty. I mean, he had Rojo sitting at flex and he can just bump him up like nothing, and then he'll still have Demont, Jay Taylor, Ronald Jones. Three solid running backs. He's got good receivers, still has QBs. Sandy's in a real good position. I just, you know, if he doesn't blow it up, doesn't fuck it up. I think he just keeps that steady pace he's on right now. fuckers should make the playoffs. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And then you have Rich coming in at six. Obviously, he's got the bye week fucking hell this week. But he came up short last week. I still think Rich is a really, really solid team. I would like to eventually see him. Like, I do like Lat Murray as a flex. Maybe an RB3, don't get me wrong. If Rich was somehow able to get another running back and maybe even play Lat Murray at flex and have like a different running back at RB3, roll with, um, and now I'm forgetting his one other running back and I have to go look because, oh, it's Monster, right? Roll with Kamara, Monstered, and then maybe a different running back and throw a lot at flex. I think, like, I already love his receivers, too, because, I mean, low-key to me, Deontay Johnson, yeah, guy's a Band-Aid, but I think he literally just needs a couple good weeks to get going, and, I mean, there are a lot of targets there. But I still think Deontay Johnson could be a decent buy low. I think that he actually has, like, a pretty fair amount of value, even with Chase Claypool's breakout. Got to remember, there's still Juju and James Walsh, but you got to remember, all. they I think Deontay Johnson's a really good receiver when he touches the field and when he's getting looks. And he gets going. I mean, I think an injury, even though he's already getting a starting role, I think an injury even just propels him even further to get more looks from Big Ben. So I think that I like Deontay Johnson. Like I'm not telling him to fuck that up, but I just think he's he needs, I think, either another running back or like a higher like tier receiver. And it's just like I think that bumps him up from the middle of the pack to like top four if that can be accomplished. But he's at six, and then at five, we have Truns. See why Loki didn't look terrible last week, and I think Reich is trying to maybe get him more involved, and that could be good for him. Brandon Cooks had his breakout game, and Todd Gurley played really well. Things are looking good for Trons. He's playing the piss cats this week. He can easily build upon that, like no problem. So I'm having at five. At four we have Moose, and you know Moose obviously. Tough injury for Dalvin because I think Alexander Madison was actually looking pretty good even with Dalvin in the game at times. So, you know what? He was actually getting some fair value out of that. But he does have Chase Claypool and he does have, you know, a fair amount of good things going for him. I mean, the only thing that I would say I'm not really sold on is, I mean, he actually, not even though, man, because he has the depth. And, I mean, the guy has four quarterbacks. Yeah. So, you know what? Moose is in a really good position. Obviously, he dropped that. That was tough that last game. But I still think that, you know, he can easily come back. And it doesn't really matter what happens um, week before. He has Allegro this week. And he can easily come back and bounce back and pick up a win. Get him to 4-2. Really healthy position to be in. At number three, we have Brody. Brody's in a really good situation, I think. I love the running backs he's got going on. I love his receiving core quarterbacks the whole nine yards right Brody I think is in a really strong position even if he just stays afloat avoids you know teams you know just avoid stupid shit injuries whatever the hell random shit happening if he can keep his team as is right now I think he's in a really good position that's a playoff lock number two we have Neil Neil's team is really impressive Ben did get hit with injuries you can make a case that Neil on paper does have a better team but Ben is five and zero. he's the only team who's still undefeated I mean, Dak played half the game last week, and he still came out with the W. So you know what? He has to work around and try and find a QB. We know he's going to do it. It just depends what the deal is, what the deal looks like for his team. But I'm still going to have him at one, and I'm going to keep Neil at two. And that's solely for the fact that Neil doesn't answer my text to do trades anymore. So whatever. Well, shit. It was a tough week for the fucking Piscats in terms of points scored. We didn't hit 300 again. But at the end of the day, we did pick up a win. Um, Well, shit, last week wasn't that bad. I mean, I did say Debo was going to have a good game. But that didn't go too well. He did have a lot of targets had a lot of volume. Jimmy G, I think, looked his way eight times. He had two catches on eight targets, I think. So, I mean, he had the volume, I guess, just didn't convert it. But... Jimmy G also just kind of looked like Sammy Darnold, man. We've seen ghosts out there, so who really knows what to expect going forward? But the other two, DJ Moore, I think, and Darius Slayton were the picks, and they had pretty good games, so that's solid. This week, I got Frank Gore as one of my wells. Lev is gone. I mean, Michael P Ryan is a little bit to me. I haven't seen him. I'll be honest, just haven't seen the guy run. Frank Gore is just the word course. You give that guy fucking send him into a fucking loaded box all day, and he loves it. He loves the contact. So you know what? I think that Lev leaving. I honestly think the Jets are just... It's pretty clear what their plan is for the rest of the season. Doesn't change the fact that Frank Gore really has no competition. And really, if you want to know... I saw a fucking nice tweet last night. You really want to know a place to go through the depth charts who can use Le'Veon Bell It's Jets. (laughs) But I still think Frank Gore can be solid. Without a doubt. I have him as well this week. I think that he actually low-key has a pretty solid matchup too. I mean, obviously, you can't really... um, Count out Miami. They've actually been a really solid team. Frank Gore, you know, former squad. But I still think, um, I'm not going to say that Miami, I think Miami wins the game. But if it isn't even a remotely close game, and the Jets can somewhat stay with Frank Gore, which I think it has potential to happen, I think Frank Gore is a great play this week against Miami's front seven. But at number two, I have Odell Beckham. Odell is playing. Who's the Steelers, I think? I love how I write down my Wells shits, and I don't put who they're playing beside it. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh. Um, twenty. I didn't know, but Pittsburgh, the twenty-eighth ranked. I thought they were like twentieth, but um, I think truly to me, it's just I love these AFC North games. To me, this is like uh, the one of the funnest divisions to watch in football, even if it's shit. Even if the teams that are shit, man, they always put on good games because these teams literally just want to win against each other so bad. Like this is one of the most hated. You know, divisions in football. They all hate each other. I think Odell. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Browns are 4-1. and one. They're turning it around. They've beaten good teams. The thing to me is, you know, do the Cleveland Browns, are they legit? I'm still not sold on it. I still think Baker Mayfield. I mean, people can look at the fantasy stats and say Baker is shit. And I mean, here's what I think. I think what they tried to realize in Cleveland the first couple of years was, I mean, Kind of unfair to count Baker out with the coaches he's had and whatever. But I still think they realize, like, you know, this guy, maybe he can still. He has a really good arm. He's accurate with the football. He just makes bad decisions sometimes. If we can take the game out of Baker's hands, and which is what they've done. You see with the Kareem Hunt signing right away. You had a feeling they were ready. I mean, not even just with Kareem Hunt signing right last season. You look at what they did to the offensive line this year. I think it was starting to become more apparent that Cleveland was ready to start giving the reins to Chubb and even let Kareem Hunt come in, compliment him, which is what they've done. They want Baker Mayfield to manage a game. That doesn't change Odell Beckham's value at all, in my opinion. Odell has been great, getting great targets. He had a great game against, um, oh man, look at me again. You know, he had a like 70 point game. I forget who it was against now. Oh. Uh. It's on the tip of my tongue. You know what? I got to look it up. Dallas. <laughs> well, that's expected, but it doesn't change the fact that I think that even though Baker, I think, is now settling into a role where he understands his role on the team. Baker doesn't need to be this Oklahoma quarterback, Heisman winning guy, first overall pick. If he, you know, I think he's starting to understand he is just lead Cleveland to wins. And I think Baker wants to win more than anything else. i followed him since, you know, college. But it's like, I think Cleveland is doing a really good thing. I don't think Baker Mayfield can come in and, you know, he's not going to be no Mahomes. But he is looking really solid as a game manager. They're 4-1. and And they've beaten solid teams. I'm not saying Cleveland's going to be, you know, going to the divisional or conference. But I think Cleveland actually has a shot to make some noise and go to the playoffs. But that division, let me tell you, it's going to be fun come, like, December. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. But I do like Odell Beckham this week. I think AFC North could be a good game. 4-0 Steelers. Or are they 5 No, I don't know. And 4-1 and Browns, AFC North. I like Odell Beckham. Mainly because who will be shadowing Odell too? But it would be, like, Mike Hilton or something? I'm not 100% sure. I like that matchup. Number one, I have LaVisca Chino Jr. And I think he's coming around, man. Uh, Colorado product. There was a lot of rumors that he was going to be used in a wildcat sense. And it's kind of crazy to see we didn't really, I figured once in a while, but he actually has ran out of, you know, or hit carries, I guess. He has like nine carries on the year in five games. That's honestly not a really bad look if you're, you know, thinking about it. But I think that he's a solid flex play this this week. And I honestly like him to even, you know, I mean, he's questionable actually. Oh. I think it's just a rest day. Um, but I do like him against Detroit secondary. An installed flex this week. I think even keep an eye on him for the rest of the year because he's just been consistent, kind of. So it's like not even a bad play. At shit, we got Melvin Gordon. Melvin oh, Gordon, man. He's hammered still. He's swerving on the roads. Like, oh. it's sad. Sad day. But at the same time, Philip Lindsay is a piss cat for now. And I like what Philip Lindsay brings to the table. I was never really sold on the Melbourne Gordon signing. If I'm being honest, when Denver brought him in, I thought I really liked this running back class. And we could have maybe, you know, picked up a decent compliment to Lindsay through the draft rather than paying eight mil to a guy who can't call a fucking Uber. Right? And I mean, what the hell, it's your byway, like, you know, to me, it's, it's, there's COVID, the whole nine yards, and why are you out partying, your teammates, like, you're putting them at risk, you're putting our families at risk, and it's just like, be better, just be better, and I mean, a two to three game suspension serves him right, I would believe so, especially like speeding and everything, we don't gotta get into it, but I think he's gonna be shit this week, sitting on his fucking couch. Anyways, number two, I have Julian Edelman. The Pats are coming to... or Are we going... No, we're going to New England. We're going to New England. But A.J. Bouye this has been seen practicing. Denver's secondary has honestly not even... Despite losing Chris Harris, they've actually managed to keep the Broncos into some games. So, I mean, overall, I think that Julian Edelman, honestly, had a couple big weeks. But um, I also don't know. I could have definitely think that cam would play but i also don't really know you know because edelman had seven ten and a half coming off a bye he was a little banged up so we'll see how he performs but just based on those last i mean i think this is a big week for edelman to see what to get out of him like this is not the same edelman i don't think that you got with tom brady all the time right But he obviously had that big game against Seattle. But other than that, he's been nothing truly special. It hasn't been the jewels that, you know, Patriots fans want to get into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will perform very well against Denver, but could be wrong. And number one is Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby just fell completely off the map the last couple weeks. I don't know what happened. I was actually pretty high on Tyler Higby, um, you know, coming into the season. And just the targets even, like, you know, it's just... I don't know. He had that big game for three touchdowns against Philly. And since. And. Honestly, even the other games. You know, it's just 40 games. And 20 and 12. It's just nothing too promising from Higby. Which kind of surprises me. Because I was fairly high on him. At least from what you've heard of the camp. But yeah. I'm going to have Tyler Higby. you know, my three wells are going to be Frank Gore. Odell Beckham. And LaVisca Chino. And my three shits are going to be Melvin Gordon. Julian Edelman. And Tyler Higby. But. Um ultimately, I think that it's going to be an interesting week. There's a lot of games that I think within the next couple of days can really change how even my predictions would have played out, especially with Ben's team. Um, but at the same time, we've got to keep an eye out for what's going to happen this week. Could the Piscats go 2-4? and four. Hell no. But there's a growing sense that if Furley upsets Neller, Neller will have to delete his app for three weeks. And not even have to line up and not do anything. That's actually a good fucking deal. Now look, if you lose the Furley this week and you're listening to this. That would be the most embarrassing thing to happen to anyone in fantasy football. Because I dropped 150 points. And let me tell you, that was bad. I stayed up for two nights straight. But if you would the state of your team, if you lost early, like I would literally go to your house in the middle of the night, kick in your door. Trev would probably wait in front of me with the peacekeeper. But it doesn't matter because I would go downstairs, kick in Nelson room Nelson's bedroom door, fucking with the red black walls or the green screen. I don't even remember anymore. And I would go onto his phone, type in 1995. As his password, and then I would go, or 2525, and then I would go on ESPN, and I would delete the fucking app, because that would be embarrassing. Anyways, good luck to everybody this week, unless you're that guy, who I just talked about.